chapter eighty one of the adventures of peregrine pickle volume two by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain the memoirs of a lady of quality part fifteen next day i returned and took possession of my house again where i resumed my former amusements which i enjoyed in quiet for the space of a whole month waiting with resignation for the issue of my lawsuit when one afternoon i was apprised of his lordship's approach by one of my spies whom i always employed to reconnoitre the road and so fortunate was i in the choice of these scouts that i never was betrayed by one of them though they were often bribed for that purpose i no sooner received this intelligence than i ordered my horse to be saddled and mounting rode out of sight immediately directing my course a different way from the london road i had not long proceeded in this track when my career was all of a sudden stopped by a five-bar gate which after some hesitation i resolved to leap my horse being an old hunter if i should find myself pursued however with much difficulty i made a shift to open it and arrived in safety at the house of my very good friend mr g who being a justice of the peace had promised me his protection if it should be wanted thus secured for the present i sent out spies to bring information of his lordship's proceedings and understood that he had taken possession of my house turned my servants adrift and made himself master of all my movables clothes and papers as for the papers they were of no consequence but of clothes i had a good stock and when i had reason to believe that he did not intend to relinquish his conquest i thought it was high time for me to remove to a greater distance from his quarters accordingly two days after my escape i set out at eleven o'clock at night in a chariot and four which i borrowed of my friend attended by a footman who was a stout fellow and well armed i myself being provided with a brace of good pistols which i was fully determined to use against any person who should presume to lay violent hands upon me except my lord for whom a less mortal weapon would have sufficed such as a bodkin or a tinder-box nothing could be farther from my intention than the desire of hurting any living creature much less my husband my design was only to defend myself from cruelty and depression which i knew by fatal experience would infallibly be my lot should he get me into his power and i thought i had as good a right to preserve my happiness as that which every individual has to preserve his life especially against a set of ruffians who were engaged to rob me of it for a little dirty lucre in the midst of our journey the footman came up and told me i was dogged upon which i looked out and seeing a man riding by the chariot side presented one of my pistols out of my window and preserved that posture of defence until he thought proper to retreat and rid me of the fears that attended his company i arrived in town and changing my equipage hired an open chaise in which though i was almost starved with cold i travelled to reading which i reached by ten next morning and from thence proceeded farther in the country with a view of taking refuge with mrs c who was my particular friend 
here i should have found shelter though my lord had been beforehand with me and endeavoured to prepossess her against my conduct had not the house been crowded with company among whom i could not possibly have been concealed especially from her brother who was an intimate friend of my persecutor things being thus situated i enjoyed but a very short interview with her in which her sorrow and perplexity on my account appeared with great expression in her countenance and though it was not in her power to afford me the relief i expected she in the most genteel manner sent after me a small sum of money thinking that considering the hurry in which i left my house i might have occasion for it on the road i was by this time benumbed with cold fatigued with travelling and almost fretted to death by my disappointment however this was no time to indulge despondence since nobody could or would assist me i stood the more in need of my own resolution and presence of mind after some deliberation i steered my course back to london and being unwilling to return by the same road in which i came as well as impatient to be at the end of my journey i chose the bagshot way and ventured to cross the heath by moonlight here i was attacked by a footpad armed with a broadsword who came up and demanded my money my stock amounted to twelve guineas and i foresaw that should i be stripped of the whole sum i could not travel without discovering who i was and consequently running the risk of being detected by my pursuer on these considerations i gave the fellow three guineas and some silver with which he was so far from being satisfied that he threatened to search me for more but i ordered the coachman to proceed and by good fortune escaped that ceremony though i was under some apprehension of being overtaken with a pistol-bullet in my flight and therefore held down my head in the chaise in imitation of some great men who are said to have ducked in the same manner in the day of battle my fears happened to be disappointed i lay at an inn upon the road and next day arrived in town in the utmost difficulty and distress for i knew not where to fix my habitation and was destitute of all means of support in this dilemma i applied to my lawyer who recommended me to the house of a tradesman in westminster where i lodged and boarded upon credit with my faithful abigail whom i shall distinguish by the name of mrs s for the space of ten weeks during which i saw nobody and never once stirred abroad while i was thus harassed out of all enjoyment of life and reduced to the utmost indigence by the cruelty of my persecutor who had even stripped me of my wearing apparel i made a conquest of lord d a nobleman who is now dead and therefore i shall say little of his character which is perfectly well known this only will i observe that next to my own tyrant he was the person of whom i had the greatest abhorrence nevertheless when these two came in competition i preferred the offers of this new lover which were very considerable and as an asylum was the chief thing i wanted agreed to follow him to his country seat whither i actually sent my clothes which i had purchased upon credit however upon mature deliberation i changed my mind and signified my resolution in a letter desiring at the same time that my baggage might be sent back in consequence of this message i expected a visit from him in all the rage of indignation and disappointment and gave orders that he should not be admitted into my house yet notwithstanding this precaution he found means to procure entrance 
and one of the first objects that i saw next morning in my bedchamber was my lover armed with a horsewhip against which from the knowledge of the man i did not think myself altogether secure though i was not much alarmed because i believed myself superior to him in point of bravery should the worst come to the worst but contrary to my expectation and his usual behaviour to our sex he accosted me very politely and began to expostulate on the contents of my letter i freely told him that i had rashly assented to his proposal for my own convenience only that when i reflected on what i had done i thought it ungenerous in me to live with him upon these terms and that as i did not like him and could not dissemble such a correspondence could never tend to the satisfaction of either he allowed the inference was just though he was very much chagrined at my previous proceeding he relinquished his claim restored my clothes and never afterwards upbraided me with my conduct in this affair though he at one time owned that he still loved me and never should because i had used him ill a declaration that strongly marks the peculiarity of his character as for my own part i own that my behaviour on this occasion is no other way excusable than on account of the miserable perplexity of my circumstances which were often so calamitous that i wonder i have not been compelled to take such steps as would have rendered my conduct much more exceptionable than it really is at last all my hopes were blasted by the issue of my suit which was determined in favour of my lord even then i refused to yield on the contrary coming out of retirement i took lodgings in suffolk street and set my tyrant at defiance but being unwilling to trust my doors to the care of other people i hired a house in conduit street and no sooner appeared in the world again than i was surrounded by divers and sundry sorts of admirers i believe i received the incense and addresses of all kinds under the sun except that sort which was most to my liking a man capable of contracting and inspiring a mutual attachment but such a one is equally rare and inestimable not but that i own myself greatly obliged to all those who cultivated my good graces though they were very little beholden to me for where i did not really love i could never profess that passion that sort of dissimulation is a slavery that no honest nature will undergo except one worthy young man whom i sometimes saw they were a strange medley of insignificant beings one was insipid another ridiculously affected a third void of all education a fourth altogether inconsistent and in short i found as many trifling characters among the men as ever i observed in my own sex some of them i endeavoured to bring over to my maxims while they attempted to make a proselyte of me but finding the task impracticable on both sides we very wisely dropped each other at length however i was blessed with the acquaintance of one nobleman who is perhaps the first character in england in point of honour integrity wit sense and benevolence when i have thus distinguished him i need scarce mention lord blank this great this good man possesses every accomplishment requisite to inspire admiration love and esteem with infinitely more merit than almost ever fell to one man's share he manifests such diffidence of his own qualifications as cannot fail to prepossess every company in his favour he seems to observe nothing yet sees everything his manner of telling a story and making trifles elegant is peculiar to himself and though he has a thousand oddities they serve only to make him more agreeable after what i have said it may be supposed that i was enamoured of his person but this was not the case love is altogether capricious and fanciful 
yet i admire honour and esteem him to the highest degree and when i observe that his character resembled that of my dear departed friend mr b or rather that mr b had he lived would have resembled lord blank i pay the highest compliment i can conceive both to the living and to the dead in this nobleman's friendship and conversation i thought myself happy though i was as usual exposed to the indefatigable efforts of my lord who one day while i was favoured with the company of this generous friend appeared at my door in his coach attended by another gentleman who demanded entrance with an air of authority a very honest footman who had been long in my service ran upstairs in the utmost consternation and gave me an account of what had happened below upon which i told him he had nothing to answer for and ordered him to keep the door fast shut against all opposition though i was so much affected with this unexpected assault that lord blank said he was never more surprised and shocked in his life than at the horror which appeared in my countenance when i saw the coach stop at my door my little hero being refused admittance went away threatening to return speedily with a reinforcement and during this interval i provided myself with a soldier whom i placed sentinel at the door with inside to guard me from the danger of such assaults for the future my lord true to his promise marched back with his auxiliaries reinforced with a constable and repeated his demand of being admitted and my soldier opening the sash in order to answer him according to my directions he no sooner perceived the red-coat than he was seized with such a panic that he instantly fled with great precipitation and when he recounted the adventure like falstaff in the play multiplied my guard into a whole file of musketeers he also made a shift to discover the gentleman who had been so kind as to lend me one of his company and complained of him to the duke of n in hopes of seeing him broke for his misdemeanour but in that expectation he was luckily disappointed perceiving that in england i should never enjoy peace but be continually subject to those alarms and disquiets which had already impaired my health and spirits i resolved to repair again to france my best refuge and sure retreat from the persecution of my tyrant yet before i took this step i endeavoured by the advice of my friends to conceal myself near windsor but was in a little time discovered by my lord and hunted out of my lurking-place accordingly i then removed to chelsea where i suffered inconceivable uneasiness and agitation of mind from the nature of my situation my tranquillity being thus incessantly invaded by a man who could not be satisfied with me and yet could not live without me so that though i was very much indisposed i set out for france by way of the hague as the war had shut up all other communication having no other attendant but my woman s who though she dreaded the sea and was upon the brink of matrimony would not quit me in such a calamitous condition until i was joined by my footman and another maid whom i ordered to follow me with the baggage but before my departure i sent a message to lord blank demanding my clothes which he had seized in essex and he refusing to deliver them i was obliged to equip myself anew upon credit i was supplied with money for my journey by my good friend l and after a short and pleasant passage arrived at the hague where i stayed two months and parted with s on whom i settled an annuity of five-and-twenty pounds payable out of the provision which i had or might obtain from my husband the same allowance had i prevailed upon lord b to grant to another maid who attended me while i lived in his house i did not much relish the people in holland because they seemed entirely devoted to self-interest without any taste for pleasure or politeness 
a species of disposition that could not be very agreeable to me who always despised money had an unbounded benevolence of heart and loved pleasure beyond every other consideration when i say pleasure i would not be understood to mean sensuality which constitutes the supreme happiness of those only who are void of sentiment and imagination nevertheless i received some civilities in this place and among the rest the reputation of having for my lover the king of peas minister who was young and airy and visited me often circumstances that were sufficient to lay me under the imputation of an amour which i frequently incurred without having given the least cause of suspicion having taken leave of my dutch friends i departed from the hague in company with an englishwoman whom i had chosen for that purpose and arrived at antwerp with much difficulty and danger the highway being infested with robbers after having reposed myself a few days in this city i hired a coach for myself and set out with my companion for brussels but before we reached mechelin our vehicle was attacked by two hussars who with their sabres drawn obliged the coachman to drive into a wood near the road i at first imagined that they wanted to examine our passports but was soon too well convinced of their design and though very much shocked at the discovery found resolution enough to suppress my concern so that it should not aggravate the terrors of the young woman who had almost died with apprehension i even encouraged her to hope for the best and addressing myself to the robbers in french begged in the most suppliant manner that they would spare our lives upon which one of them who was a little fellow assured me in the same language that we had nothing to fear for our persons end of the memoirs of a lady of quality part fifteen